Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Fires Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham. Today, myself, Zach Carpenter, and Andrew Ellis are going to be talking about the latest Ohio State commitment, the upcoming decision date for Xavier Wampa, a new offer in the state of Ohio, and a lot more as the Buckeyes prepare for a busy couple weeks on the recruiting trail. Let's get to the show. Zach and Andrew are here. We are talking stuff about Ohio State recruiting, and it's a big day for the Buckeyes. It's the first commitment since July 9th for the Buckeyes in the class of 2022. There was the Ty Lockwood uh, announcement squeezed in there in the class of 2023. But, you know, finally, guys, Ohio State has their first defensive line commit in the class of 2022. Kenyatta Jackson from uh, Shaman and Madonna Prep down there in uh, Hollywood, Florida. Different type of player because he's not one of these guys I think is a plug and play, like immediate starter guy, but he's a class builder i think and a guy that you can really build around as a as a guy that's going to develop over the next couple of years into a really dynamic pass rusher yeah i think you see um he's kind of that classic long athletic explosive uh explosive edge rusher i don't i think six five 230 or 235 pounds um and like you said i think he'll probably need a year of development probably add um i'm not sure what the range is but he'll need to add at least 25 or so pounds um to, to get him up to up to um, Ohio State uh, to be able to see the field at Ohio State um but the the comparison player comparisons that you and I have got are Tyreek Smith as a, as a current Ohio State player and then Chandler Jones uh that type of upside just because of the explosiveness uh, around the edge I know obviously Chandler Jones is a lofty comparison because he's one of the best defensive ends in the NFL but that's sort of the upside that that Ohio State sees from Kenyatta so um yeah, I think I, I obviously Caden Curry is their number one target, but I'm not sure you, you can't get a better um, first domino to fall at defensive line recruiting, especially going into Florida and getting a win like this. Yeah, and Andrew, as you look at it, I mean, this isn't a kid like Javante Jean Baptiste or someone like that whose body at six foot five, 215 pounds needs 50 pounds of weight. I mean, he's probably I, my rule of thumb is pretty much with high school recruits take an inch off of the top. So he's probably actually six four, two thirty. And you look at that, and, and the frame does remind me a lot of Tyreek Smith. I don't know if you see the same. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State's taken a lot of those guys who are kind of 240, 250, 260, and listed as an edge maybe, but we all kind of know they're probably going to slide inside. Um, I think Kenyatta Jackson's probably going to be an edge defender. Um, we've kind of had the same three or four names on the board for the last several months. You know, he and Eni White and Amari Abor and, of course, Caden Curry. So just getting one of those guys is a heck of a start for uh, Larry Johnson's 2022 defensive line haul. Yeah, and you don't want to, you know, set it up too much. But as the Penn State game approaches in the next two weeks, what you're looking at here, potentially, uh, I'm not sure if there's a plan yet for Kenyatta to get back. I think that has been discussed, but I don't know if it's been locked in. Um, but there is talk about Omari Abor visiting for that Penn State game. Hero Canoe will visit for the Penn State game. Chris McClellan will visit. I'm sorry. Christian Miller will visit for the Penn State game. Um, and Caden Curry is supposed to be visiting for the, the game. I might have already said him. Omari Abor is talking about it. So I mean, this is a weekend that like that group, as you're talking about the Buckeyes defensive recruiting, where you're going to have Kai Stokes in town, Xavier Wampa in town, Zion Branch in town. This is becoming a, a huge two-week stretch for the Buckeyes defensive recruit. And the news that dropped today, obviously, it's a primetime game under the lights. You have the scarlet, the all-scarlet color rush. I think that's, I mean, obviously, it's for aesthetics, but also recruits love that. They love doing the photo shoot. Um, and I know this isn't the Bold Predictions podcast, but I think they're going to stomp Penn State. Like, I, I think they're good. I think they're going to run away with it. And obviously, 
a loss where uh, on a big recruiting weekend like the Oregon game, no, it's not the end all be all. But if they dominate and it's that electric atmosphere, because recruits are going there to see the atmosphere, and if it says if it's as crazy as we think, um, I think having all those guys in town as sort of like a cherry on top to see this is what Ohio Stadium can be like. This is the type of spotlight that it can have. Uh, I think that's just that's going to be an extra little. Uh, um, feather in the cap or whatever you want to say um, for, for how they're going. I mean, especially if that defense dominates and it is sh- continuing to show improvement like we've seen uh, over the last few weeks. And this is why Ohio State, I mean, Andrew, if you look at it, we've we've been all sort of sitting here twiddling our thumbs for the last few months. When is something going to happen? When is something going to happen? Well, now you have the Kenyatta Jackson commitment. That sets off what could be not just a very busy two weeks as far as everyone coming to town, but a two-month rush here to signing day that becomes sort of the the calling card of this recruiting class. I mean, we've seen the offensive group for a while. Buckeyes are still waiting on a few dominoes, maybe a quarterback at some point, maybe another offensive lineman or two. And that's, you know, we can talk about that as far as the next weekend. We'll, we'll, we'll certainly discuss that momentarily with the new offer in the state of Ohio. But, you know, to get these guys all together in that atmosphere, it reminds me, do you remember back, uh, gosh, what game was it? I think it might have been the Illinois game in like 2015. We were all like, or 2014, we were like, why is this a night game? And then it was like seven or eight dudes that were all there together. And a lot of them ended up committing that there was a Brandon Bowen and a handful of those guys were all there together. You know, those sort of moments are very important for these kids who are coming from all over the country to get together at one spot. Yeah, I mean, every recruiting cycle, there's like three or four dates we always have circled, you know, the spring game, previously Friday Night Lights, and then usually one or two games during the season. And just the way this visitor list is shaking up for the Penn State game, um, I mean, it's going to seal the deal or what, whatever for several of those big names. Um, like Zach said, if it, were a, if it were a noon game, we've seen that kind of cause problems before for guys getting across the country and getting to Columbus. But um, the the News earlier today about it being a 7.30 start. I'm sure Mark Pantone is loving that right now. Yeah, the Buckeyes have been patient and waiting for the Big Ten to give them one of these primetime games in the primetime slot. I mean, they, they play the primetime games at noon, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, and it is certainly good for the Buckeyes. Getting a commitment from Kenyatta Jackson is also good for the Buckeyes. We'll talk about that a lot more on the site over the next couple of days. But first domino in on the defensive line, Kenyatta Jackson has committed to Ohio State. Now – for a lot of people, the question is who's next, because that's what always happens when a kid commits. And I think we may have a new uh, candidate to be next, where, as Ohio State on Monday night offered uh, Avery Henry, a six foot seven, 305 pound offensive lineman from St. Clairsville, Ohio. It's a very interesting kid. He was committed to Iowa State up until he took an Ohio State visit for the Akron game at the end of September. He decommitted from Iowa State the next day. It took a month for Ohio State to then offer him, but Greg Studraro was there down in St. Clairsville to watch him play last Thursday night. Obviously, like what he saw. And I'm telling you guys, watching him walk out onto the field when he did against the Akron game, I'd never heard of or seen Avery Henry before that. And when he walked down the tunnel, I immediately said, who the heck is that kid? Because he was a massive, massive kid. Doesn't mean he's a great football player. We're still figuring that out. But obviously, Greg Studraro liked what he saw. Yeah, and this is going to be reminiscent of Zen Mahalski as far as the big guy. Obviously, uh, Zen was like 30, 40 pounds lighter um, than Avery. It's going to be the the reaction, I'm sure, uh, if and when he does wind up in Ohio State's class. Andrew's not in his head because he's been the message board savant for the past like five years. He can already he could probably write like 10 to 12 response posts from 
uh, from Ohio State fans' perspectives about what's going to be what's going to wind up on the board. What's going to be the very first comment, Andrew? Oh, I mean, it's going to start the whole stud controversy that's been going on for the last four or five years or whatever it's been. I mean, it's. I think when he started, when it became pretty clear that Ohio State was doing their homework on this guy, I mean, I, I guess we probably thought an offer might come at some point. I think this might be a little sooner than we all thought. But, I, you know, they've, they've done their homework on him. He's obviously a big guy, like Berm said. I think he used to weigh like closer to 400 pounds. And yeah, he's lost, really- 100, he's lost 100 pounds in the last year, very similar to Ke- uh, Keontae Goodwin. Uh, not quite the athletic profile of Keontae Goodwin and the things that he can do. But, you know, this obviously kid who had a conversation with the Buckeyes a year ago and they said, you need to lose some weight. And he took it seriously. That does tell you something about him, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, props to the kid for putting in the work. So he's probably going to come in as more of a project type, but we've seen those work out in the past and we've seen those not work out in the past. So it's just going to be a matter of which path does he take, I guess. Yeah. And and he has not committed yet, Zach. So let's just, you know, I guess there's an opportunity. It could end up elsewhere, but I would imagine, and I've not talked to Avery is that offer literally happened just as we were recording this episode of talking stuff brought to you by buyers on it. But I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up back on campus with Ohio State next Saturday for that Penn State game. But if he does, he's only going to be one of a handful of offensive linemen that I think they're counting on being there. Uh, We're still expecting Ernest Green to make his official visit that weekend. We're still uh, potentially looking at Cam Dewberry coming back to town. And, And I think that there's still a real possibility that Carson Hinsman ends up at Ohio State that weekend. And I guess the question is, as you start to look at a class that only has, you know, 15 guys committed with Kenyatta Jackson in it, there are going to be guys that pop into this class that we don't think about. And I, I know the numbers in my mind keep changing from 21, 22, maybe one day it's 23, 24. But if, if Carson Hinsman or Ernest Green wanted inside the class along with Avery Henry, I, there's no chance in the world the Buckeyes would say no to a top 100 player at the position, especially knowing that Henry, if he ends up at Ohio State, is a bit of a project. Uh, George Fitzpatrick has, is, is an athletic tackle that needs to you know, get a little bit uh, familiar, I guess, to, to Big Ten level of competition. Tiger Shabola obviously is having a really good year down there um, for the Wayne uh, – uh, I'm sorry, for Lakota West. But these kids are all sort of got some getting ready for college to do. You know what I mean? And I don't think that that's as much the case with Ernest Green or maybe even Carson Hinsman. Yeah, most of that. I mean, what do we say all the time? Offensive line is probably the number one hardest position to uh, to evaluate the high school level. And a lot of it's because you see guys like that who need that development. I mean, not everyone's a Donovan Jackson who could come in or Paris Johnson and play in uh, their first one of their first two seasons. Um, but yeah, and like you said, with the with the numbers wise, I know we keep flip flopping back and forth. And like, I think in my head, I was doing like a projection, not like a class like prediction, but just the spots that they're going to fill up. And if if you're looking at getting two more safeties, where they're at 15 now, so two more safeties, another offensive lineman, um, and then what three at least? That's, two, it, that's eighteen, linemen. and then you're looking at at least three more defensive linemen, right? That's twenty one. Then you throw in a quarterback somewhere at the end. Maybe it's Devin Brown. Maybe it's Drew Eller if things go haywire for James Franklin in Penn State or he ends up leaving Penn State. But is 22 enough, Andrew? I don't think so. And I just – I wonder how all these other power programs are having no issues with the numbers after this whole COVID thing and the extra year of eligibility. That's a whole other discussion, I guess. But I I had pretty much told myself 24 was going to be the number. Um, 
I don't know if Ohio State can get to that right now, but like you said, Ernest Green and Carson Hinsman and guys like that, those are guys that you can't say no to. And now we got this whole quarterback thing coming in back into play too. And there's there's just a lot going on right now. Zach, isn't that thing like right now there's just a handful of guys they couldn't dare say no to that are still on the board. And that's really it. Only Avery Henry at this point, who now is on the board officially, is a player that I think like outside looking in, people would go, hey, is that guy someone you could possibly help hold off? I mean, the rest of the guys we're talking about are Ernest Green, Cam Dewberry, Carson Hinsman, Omari Abor, Caden Curry, Hero Canoe, Chris McClellan, Christian Miller, um, you know, Xavier Wampa, Zion Branch. You can't say no to any of these guys, right? Yeah, and see, we're playing the line of we don't want to say Ohio State's not going to bring in a body just to bring in a body. Offensive line would probably be the only – be the only position where they might do that because you need the bodies, you need the depth, and you can afford to kind of stash a player um, who needs two, three years of development, like we saw with Zen Mahalski. Um, But you also don't want to run the risk of an Emil Wagner situation where you offer him too late, you get into the race too late, and then that winds up being a negative down the road. Um, but, yeah, they have – obviously, Ohio State's going to have their, their main guys that they're not going to say no to who are takes no matter what, and those guys know that. They know that they're a take at pretty much all their top three, four, five schools, so they can wait out the process. Um, and which is why I'm wondering to bring it a little bit back full circle with Kenyatta. I'm wondering if we do start seeing those defensive line dominoes fall, like we keep predicting, or at least keep talking about um, over these next couple of weeks. I know, obviously, the defensive linemen um, take, take more visits and stuff. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I know for we for so long, it was so slow. Then we had like a little burst of activity on the recruiting trail. And now with the uh, numbers wise and like some of the coaching uh, question marks at schools like Ohio State, LSU, USC, I'm wondering if now we might hit another lull and uh, shortly from here because of the because of all those dynamics to play. I mean, I, I think it has to, it, we're going to have a much clearer view of things after that Penn State weekend. And we're not going to dive fully into the visitors list of that. But again, as I already mentioned, Hero Canoe's expected, Shamar Stewart's expected, Caden Curry's expected, Christian Miller's expected. We think Caden Curry, uh, am I saying him again? Did I say him twice yeah. again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I did twice a, just to that, double down. That's him. how important Caden Curry is to the Ohio <laughs> State recruiting class. Every time I mention him, I say him twice. Um, you know, all these guys are going to be on campus potentially next weekend. And so not only are you going to have a, a better sense of chemistry wise amongst the group, but you're going to have a much better read from the Ohio State staff perspective on who is the culture fit and who is not. Uh, and, and I think that you will see some dominoes fall. I, I, If I was playing in or out, we, we can play that at the end of this here in a few minutes. If you guys want on the rest of them, we can go down the list. But uh, certainly not just on, on the, that position. It, again, defensive back, Kai Stokes, Xavier Wampa, Zion Branch are going to all be together again. The Buckeyes, as, as we started talking about on this show a few weeks ago, Zach, you, start, you said I, I got the little light on in my head about the, the first chapter and the last chapter of this recruiting book, the chapter that started in June when all these kids got together for the official visits, and now they're all visiting again. Um, you know, that weekend is shaping up to be an absolutely defining one for the Buckeyes. Yeah, and like you said, um, Ohio State likes to have their big official visits weekend in the in the summer when they can really get to know them with kind of the hopes that they can get them back on campus. I mean, if they get most of those guys, they don't have to get every guy on campus, but if they get most of them in that big group for the Penn State game, like we said, it comes full circle and you see that strategy pay out to where in the summer they get to spend all that time with them on their official visits. 
And then this time around, they get to see that atmosphere while still being uncommitted. And I mean, that, that that's just, I don't know. The fact that the big uh, blowout recruiting weekend wasn't the Oregon game. I think, I know I brought up, I asked you guys uh, uh, back then, like, is this a risk that, or not a risk, but is it like maybe uh, not a great thing that they have a big game this early in the season, but now we're seeing that it's this, that's this game that, that could wind up being the, um, the inciting incident, uh, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, Andrew, if you look at it, I mean, what is the, what is the one storyline that you think has to be sorted out for Ohio state in the next two weeks? In the next two weeks, the one storyline, I would say they need to get a better feel for what's going to happen with those two safeties that they got out there, Xavier Mwampa and Zion Branch. I mean, I, I really, I really don't have a very good pulse on that right now. You hear some people thinking that it's Iowa or Notre Dame for Nwampa, and I know we don't agree with that. Um, and then the whole branch situation, that's just going to come down to USC and what happens with um, with the coaching staff there. But, I mean, those are two. We've, we've seen what below-average safety play can do this season especially. So they really need to kind of figure out what's going to happen there. And like you said, the, the Penn State weekend, that's going to be – that's going to be huge for, for that position and several other positions. Yeah. And with Dante Williams out there at USC, Zach, do you get the sense that maybe like the fact that uh, his interim tag has been uh, pretty, you know, ungood to this point, like, do you think that that's starting to change some of the vibe out there for the branch brothers, as far as maybe, yeah, I think there was a sense, even after they let Clay Helton go initially that, Hey, they'll just ride it out and see what happens. But, that program may not be like a quick fix for anyone who comes in there. Yeah. Initially, to be honest, I thought the Clay Helton firing was um, the timing of it was uh, positive for USC on the recruiting trail because you do it this early, then you can, you don't have to answer questions of is Clay Helton the guy they definitively know that he, no, he's not the guy. Um, and then you bring in Dante Williams. I thought that was, uh, that was a good savvy move by them to put your bet, your best recruiter, as the interim head coach, like, obviously that was uh, a smart strategy, but um, as far as, uh, yeah, like we, like we talk about stability and consistency at the top with coaching staffs. And um, if you don't, Dante Williams is doing, I'm sure everything he can out there to, I know the branch brothers were like his for either the first or like for one of the first people that he reached out to, it was like one of the first things he did when he was named, um, the USC head coach, you get on the phones and you start FaceTiming recruits, but um, there's, there's not instability at Ohio state with the safety coaching position, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So I, there, it's funny that there's like those kind of dual questions going back and forth though, but um, between the two schools that branch seems to be down to, even though I know he's taken other visits, but I mean, USC, Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it seems pretty clear and it has since the summertime that that was an Ohio State USC battle uh, in most people's minds. I know that, you know, some wanted to try to put Oklahoma in that and he still does have visits set to Alabama and Clemson. So you just never know what happens. I guess I don't see how Clemson's defensive recruiting class makes sense for another safety to join them with the guys they have. But maybe I'm you know, misreading that. But you know, ultimately, there's so much that's going to happen in these next few weeks that we could talk on and on about it. But, you know, here we are entering into the, the home stretch of the 2021 season, unbelievably already, the big couple weeks. And 
not only will Ohio State have the Penn State game where they'll have a number of visitors, but that Michigan State game at the end of November is shaping up to be another one. Um, and I think it's just really important that from a coaching perspective, that Ryan Day has a way to approach these kids and say, this is what's going to happen. So I think like every game that happened, every game that occurs where the defense looks competent and like it's, you know, coming together is a, is like an exhalation for Ryan Day, if, if that makes any sense, because it's easier to tell these kids, hey, nothing's changing. These, these are the guys that are going to be here and this is how it's going to work out. But, you know, hey, we're hey, talking Byron. about, yeah. Speaking of exhalation, do you want to talk about Xavier X Wampa? I mean, we and should talk about Xavier Wampa um, because he's got a decision date. And this, folks, I want to be clear. There's a couple old adages. Andrew, what adage is in play as of right now? With Xavier Wampa? Yeah. I know. I know. Usually when you uh, – usually, 99% of the time, when you set a commitment date, you've already got your mind made up on where you're going. A-plus Zach, Zach, do you believe that that is the case right now for Xavier Wampa? I I would lean yes. It's a 99%. It's 99% uh, uh, effective rate. So you'd have to think yes, but he still does have the two huge visits coming up. So Andrew, I, I, I think this is maybe the outlier with that. Like, I think these last few visits are – going to kind of decide the case. I think that dates like mom's birthday or there's some meaningful, something meaningful behind that date. But I think there's still a lot to play out in that one. If I'm being honest, it's mom's birthday. I believe it's also two weeks before signing day. There's no, there's not really a lot of time after that to wait. And as Zach said, the Iowa visit just happened again. Like his third time he's seen them play this year. He's visiting Ohio state next weekend. He'll still make a trip to Notre Dame. I think that, he had to set a finish line here, doesn't he? Like you have to say to yourself, this is when I need to know. Uh, I don't think he's got his mind made up. I think it will happen over these next few weeks. And I know, as you said, Andrew, like they're the Iowa side of things. And folks, we do read the internet. We do see what other people are saying, of course. Uh, like the Iowa folks are saying it's Iowa and Notre Dame. The Ohio State folks generally think it's Ohio State and Iowa. And the Notre Dame folks, I don't know if they still think it's them in Notre Dame or them in Iowa or them in Ohio State, or if they think it's Ohio State and Iowa, because I haven't seen anything in recent weeks. But from my perspective, I, I think it's Ohio State, Iowa. That's what well, I'm, sure, I'm right sure now. the Notre Dame people, like you did just say, I'm sure Notre Dame people think it's either Notre Dame or Notre Dame. Um, I've, I've, first of all, I love being uh, in contention with you guys where you guys both di uh, disagree with me and beat me over the head with a baseball bat with it. But anyway, I like I've heard like everything under the sun with, with this group over the last couple of weeks. Like it's going to be Iowa because uh, his family wants him to stay closer to home and um, kind of carry on the in-state legacy. Notre Dame, uh, it's going to be a package deal with him and Caden Proctor, Ohio State and the relationships he has with uh, with the players in the class and everything like that. So we've heard everything. And so it's nice to have that sort of that finish line, like you said, coming up. But. I think I've talked about this. Maybe we uh, it was off air that I talked about this with you guys. Just I still think player wise, he fits that Ronnie Hickman role like perfectly. I think I think he fits that role better than what the other two schools are pitching him. I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that, but I think if that's that could be, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest factors in this recruitment. So yeah, I mean, if you can bring him in to fill that Hickman role and then bring Zion Branch in to be that. Josh Proctor role or whatever. I know they've kind of changed their scheme up a little bit, but that's, 
that's the dream scenario right there. So. And that's why it's so important that those guys are back on campus together next weekend as Ohio State takes on Penn State. Again, along with Kai Stokes, who's coming back up from Tampa for the second time this season, because they're going to sit those guys down together. They're going to sit them down at the game together. They're going to watch as all three of those positions are on the field at the same time. And it makes it way easier for Ohio State when other teams go, hey, there's no way they're going to play all three safeties at once. For Ohio State to point at it and go, yes, we do. We absolutely do. We do it all the time. Leave us alone. What, what was the old A-team line? I love it when a plan comes together. I love it when Berms, like, they, like prognostications come full circle. Like, in the beginning of August, he was like, they had Kai Stokes, Xavier Wampa, and uh, Zion Branch on, on campus at the same time to pitch them. Yes, there's a we have a there's a scenario where you all three play at the same time. That and now is it, the, that it, is the target. That is the goal. And, and now they're going to see it in full fruition. Now, now, if if the Buckeyes go out there against Penn State and crap the bed, probably doesn't matter much. Uh, you know, they, they go out there and look, or, you know, lost and confused. But as we've seen the defense start to accelerate, I think that they have an opportunity to really put together something special. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to try to get together for a second talking stuff later this week. But I don't want to overwhelm here. Today's about the addition of Kenyatta Jackson to the Ohio State 22 recruiting class and really just setting the table for what's coming in the next 10 days as the Buckeyes prepare to host Penn State uh, October 30th under the lights, the scarlet out, they're all, they're all red versus the all white uh, at night. Going to be a, a, a heck of a good time there under the Halloween uh, full moon. I don't know if it's a full moon. I'm not uh, I'm not an, an astronomer. Are you, going, are you going dressed as Quinn Ewers for the, for the game, Berm? With the I, wig? I, I mean, it's not a terrible idea. I, I haven't pulled that back out since uh, it made its first appearance on Letterman Live uh, about six weeks ago. Eight weeks ago? I don't know. I'm not good at math. Andrew, um, well, are you got anything else we do on that you want to talk about? Not really. I mean, not really. The Today's offer was that, you know, the Avery Henry offer is interesting, and we'll see how long it takes for something to – for there's some movement with that one. Like you said, it could be – could be soon, so we'll see. Yeah, that could be before he visits again, or that could be before we publish this video. Who knows? Yeah, uh, and the, the the thread on Avery Henry is going just as you would imagine, just so you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so make sure you head over to the Letterman Lounge on LettermanRow.com. We are part of the On3 Network. You can subscribe to our site for $10 for the first year. Uh, we really appreciate any support. We continue to uh, you know love having the opportunity to talk Ohio State football and all things Buckeye stuff with you. So for Buyers Automotive, who once again is our sponsor for Talking Stuff. For Zach Carpenter, Andrew Ellis, I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching. See ya.